My next guest has studied extensively in mindfulness, mindset, business optimization, shadow work and facilitation, neurologistic programming, hypotherapy, group dynamics, peak performance, leadership dynamics, and unconscious communication. He's even studied over a decade under Tony Robbins. You're not going to want to miss this. Uh, stay tuned and you're going to get a lot out of this one. Let me first start out by saying thank you to Podcast Powertrain for helping produce my show. These are the guys you need behind you if you're looking to start your podcast. Also, I'd like to thank Powered by Riverside FM. That's right. Our show is powered by Riverside FM, one of the best platforms to actually have a podcast on. So I'm going to have some links at the end of the show or in the show notes. Check them out. These are the two people that you need to get up, get with to make your podcast top 100. On the Good News Grow 2.0, we're here to let you know the importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is the Good News Grow 2.0. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Good Dudes Grow. I'm your host, Gary Roberts, and I have an amazing guest. I have Steve Tuhig here. He was he does a whole bunch of first of all, I hope I didn't butcher the last name. That's yeah. <laughs> I, gotta, so, uh, I always do that. I always forget, like, how do you want me to pronounce the last name? Somehow man. you get props. You did good. You get props. <laughs> it's not an easy name to say. So you did great. Appreciate it. He, he he does he does a lot of things. He does a lot of he's an international speaker worldwide. He does everything from shadow work, which I'm very interested in. Uh, another thing I'm interested in is a neuralistic programming. He does he does peak performance, leadership, unconscious communication, and he also does integration with psychedelics. But one of the cool things and how I got connected to Stephen was basically he actually worked for under, for over a decade under Tony Robbins. I actually reached out to Tony Robbins to see if I can get him on my show, and he kind of turned me down. No offense to you, but you know, but anyways, for the, the coolest thing about that is that I, when I first moved to S South Florida, uh, long story short, uh, I had a job, uh, a friend stole my money and I was stranded here and I started out in the fitness industry and one of my guys go, Hey, listen, you know, to get a, get back on your feet, you need to listen to this. And I, he gave me the audio tapes of, uh, awaken the giant and that changed everything for me. And I would, ever since then, I've been a big Tony Robbins fan. So it was actually cool when I heard him about the psychedelics and that's why I kind of reached out, but you know what, Stephen? I'm glad you're on the show. Uh, welcome. You know what? Tell us a little bit about your background and you know what's what you got going on. Yeah. So um, I I grew up with when I was three years old. I was uh, physically tortured by my stepmom. Uh, she pulled my hair out, stuck me in a basement, um, trapped me in there. She'd leave me in there all day long. And, and then when uh, my dad would come home, she let me out. She said, "If you say anything, I'll kill you and your sister both." So this went on for a while. It's three years old. It's pretty verbal. So I was going. Uh, I, I, grew, I started to grow out of this sense of constantly feeling like somebody was trapped. Um, and through that wound, um, it, it caused me, you know, all kinds of suffering, all kinds of pain. And I started going on this journey and trying to figure out what it was that kept me separate from my world. And that led me to uh, the first piece of healing. The first time I was ever introduced with shadow work was April 15th, 2000. I remember it like it was yesterday, um, being introduced to my shadow. And right then and there, I knew there was something. And so I started to study what is shadow? What is this unconscious um, algorithms, these programmings that we have? And then that led me to go, I was working with, I've worked with the homeless, I've worked in the addiction field, did a lot of work there, um, but wasn't able to get the amount of time I needed. So that's when I went to work for Tony. I saw him 
stand somebody up. And within 20 minutes, it's like their life has changed. Like there's no way that person can unlearn what they just learned. Like there's no way they can retie that. They can choose to, but they'd have to go back down that path again. I'm like, that's what I, so I bugged them until they hired me. That's kind of the, <laughs> that's the superpower there. I just didn't, didn't, didn't let them go until they said, fine, come work here. And I spent 10 years working under Tony studying how he did stuff. And it allowed me the ability to, to, to practice shadow work um, in, in, with a business owner. To see if you know this this unconscious these unconscious patternings are having the same impact, and what I found is they're absolutely like most of the most of the uh, most of the problems that you're seeing. Forty seven percent of all all losses are mitigated, could be mitigated, and, and a good majority of those losses uh, could be completely erased if people just knew the road ahead. And the reason why they typically don't know the road ahead is because they've got some kind of belief. And so I, anyway, so I was I was working with with business owners there, and I told them I give them ten years. And at the end of 10 years, it was time for me to go, time for me to. And so I went, I'm down here in Orlando, and I went and uh, saw this thing. Somebody had been calling, somebody had mentioned a couple of years ago this thing called ayahuasca. And, uh, you know, I, oh, I'm not going to Peru. I got seven kids. I got, you know, there's no way I'm going to be able to get my wife in. My wife is not going to sign off on that, on that trip. It's not going to happen. You're never going to come back. Like, no, no, it ain't going to happen. So, you know, we got that Listen, group. honey, I'm going to go to Peru, do a bunch of drugs, and then I'll see if I make it back. Yeah, it's going to be a great experience. <laughs> yeah, sure, that's happening, right? And so yeah. I go up. I, we moved down here to Florida, and sure enough, there's a there's an, there's a place called SoulQuest down here in Orlando, and um, it's not 45 minutes away from my house. Uh, interestingly enough, and so I went I went and did ayahuasca for the first time uh, three years ago. Uh, two weeks later, I quit my job with Tony to start my own uh, integration uh, coaching. Uh, what I would call guide business. Um, and, um, two weeks after that COVID hit. <laughs> so, so interestingly enough, mother had some, she showed me the things that she showed me. And what I found was, uh, shadow work and psychedelics really do there. There's this entourage effect that happens when you, you engage shadow work with psychedelics. It, it deepens the experience of the psychedelic because you, now you're, you're, you're going in with an intent. Like they always say, you want to go with intention well, when you go in with intention, that's one thing to come at the door and be have intention. But when the actual uh, the portal opens up and you go into the actual psychedelic, being able to navigate that with a set of tools uh, based on, you know, don't go to the light, go to the dark kind of thing, and lean into the uncomfortableness of it. Um, being able to do that in a way that's constructive, that's shadow work that's at its finest. And so I've been spending the last three years working with plant medicine, uh, studying this thing called shadow. Um it's led me around. So what is, what is shadow? You keep, so for, for the people are, are, you know, I got a lot of first responders, you know, they go through a lot of, a lot of trauma. They go, they, they see a lot of things they want to see, you know, you know, psychedelics may not be on the radar right now, but it seems like maybe shadow work might be a good start for them. What is it exactly? Well, when you talk about first responders, so think of those times when we have those trauma points and when a trauma point happens, it's like our consciousness, much like when you're back, when you're like when you're working out in a gym and you get a knot in your back because you kind of tweak the muscle. Well, that's what trauma happens in consciousness. So the consciousness then gets a tweak in it, like a little knot in it. And now every time I come around a situation that's like that, we make in our minds. Like if, if I told you to look around the room and find the color red, you make pink red because the mind craves patterns, it craves systems. And so we start to filter out this, this, this trauma point starts to look. So, you know, again, three years old, I was trapped in the basement. Now I'm 40 years old and I'm sitting in Florida and I'm talking to my wife about taxes, but I feel like that three-year-old kid trapped in that basement. 
Shadow, uh, shadow is the parts you hide, repress, and deny. Shadow is the unconscious patterns, uh, the unconscious algorithms that came online back there that are still running like a record player in the background. Many times we don't even know it. Like most of the world, being born isn't living. Like that's just the invitation to come alive. We come to life when we go into those unconscious programmings and go, wait a minute, you know, wh- why am I, why am I feeling frustrated when I'm talking about like, wait a minute here, this is my partner, it's my ride or die. Why am I? Oh, I feel like I'm trapped in that basement. And now I know where my, I call it the axis mundi, the center of my universe is. So now I can start to reorient myself and get back into the now. That's interesting. That's interesting. And how did, how did you lead yourself into that work? Cause it's, it's not like all of a sudden, you know what, I'm going to go from, you know, I'm just going to find a shadow and start doing some work on it. How, how did, how did it come up? To to how did progression into that? Yeah, it was or, progression. Or even, not only pro, not even progression, or how did you decide to get into it? In case somebody is deciding, like, hey, they want to check this out. So how would they go about? You know, I would start looking off, into this. Yeah, if you go to if you go to my website, masteringchange.com, or you can even go to shadowceremony.com. You, it'll start to introduce you. Download. I have an app uh, to where you can start to do some shadow work on the app. So if you go to my website, there'll be a link to that. Um, I do an intensive, I believe some things can't be learned. They have to be earned. Shadow is one of those things that has to be earned. You can't, you can't, you, you can't, you're not going to open up a book. You can open up a book and you can learn about it, but until you've earned the understanding about, oh, that's what they're talking about. Until you've landed in that, um, then, then everything is conjecture. It's like you're talking about something instead of experiencing it. So it's, it's getting in the work. It's, it, and, and if you can't get to any of that, maybe you don't have an internet, like, I don't know how you're on here, but if, if you can do any of that, <laughs> then, then the question is, is look at where's, where do you suffer? The, the easy question, the easy way in is where do you suffer? And, and, and as soon as I ask you that question, well, you're going to tell me, you're going to start to give me a, 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 an audio that's playing some kind of a record that's playing in the background. And, and as I start to pull on the threads, the thread turns into a string, a string turns into rope, ropes attached to a chain, yank the chain, anchor comes up, boat leaves the harbor almost every time because you can now see where you're creating the very thing that you're trying to not trying to work your way out of. That's, that's pretty cool. And you know what I like? I like the fact that every time I have a conversation about somebody doing either uh, integration or, or psychedelics or ayahuasca, they always, there's always an underlying of you've got to do the work personally where we find out that these are all just journeys to understand your inner self. And if you're not willing to understand that inner self, then it's going to be tough to change. It, no medication is going to do it. No psychotherapy is going to do it. You know, nothing is going to do it until you actually find those inner changes. Well, it, it, what it reminds me of is there's a quote. I don't know who this historian was, but something to the effect of every religion dies with its creator. And the reason why I believe that is, is because my path to God is a subjective experience. I have to, I have to go inside and find in me that connection to source, that connection to God. The problem is, is that in our world, we've been hypnotized to think that it's, you know, like you go in and see the commercials, like they, they used to call the space between commercials on television filler. Right? It's just filling space between commercial to commercial to commercial. And so there's this constant, first off, if they're going to get you to buy something, then that means you have to need something. And not only do you have to need something, but then you're a victim. And not only are you a victim and you need something, by the way, the only way you're going to get it is to reach out here. Well, anytime I reach out here to fill uh, time and time again, I, like I go, I get in, I get into the shadow, I go give it a shake. We start to get into it. 
And what I find out is, what are you doing? Well, I'm trying to fill this hole. So you're telling me that you got a hole and it's not what, what I found is it's not really a hole. It's a well. It's not meant to be filled. Stuff's meant to be come out of that. Like it's completely it's the complete opposite direction that we think we need to go. We're trying to shove something in something that something's supposed to be coming out of. Right. And it's like right. that doesn't make any sense. But I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking out here in the material world, which is smaller. It's it's it's, you know, everything out here had to exist in here at, at some point. And what's going on in my head is always greater. More things go wrong than could ever actually go wrong, right? More things could go right than could ever go right. So what's in my head is bigger than what's out here. But yet somehow I've been programmed to solve a problem that's going on internally by external, which is it doesn't even stand it doesn't even stand up to logic, which you know what what is logic, but it doesn't even stand up to logic when you break it down. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's you know. I'm curious about something. So you said uh, before the conversation, before we started, you said you just got off an integration call. For most people who don't understand, before you go into these these journeys, there's a there's a pre-integration aspect of it. Explain a little bit why that's important and what that actually does for somebody who's interested in doing either an ayahuasca session or, or any other psychedelic session. Well, you would you wouldn't go on a trip like if you were going on a trip across country. When's the last time you took a, a fairly long trip? What's the last long trip you took? Uh, I've took like seven trips in the last couple of months. I haven't taken, I've never taken a really long one to be honest. Really? Really? Uh, well, no. if you were going to go from here Unless to the moon. Unless you call a week long. That's the- <laughs> like, if you were going to go here to the moon, you'd plan that trip out, wouldn't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and I've done now 25 ceremonies. This is where I'm at now, but I've done 25 uh, ceremonies with mother and every, each and every time I go like, Oh, this is going to be so much work. Like I, I know going into it, that it's such a long journey home. It's such a long for me personally. And I'm assuming it's like that for because I see it in everybody else as well. And so it's you wouldn't go into that kind of journey without preparing for the trip, packing what you need. Why would you go on this journey without preparing and preparing? So a lot of times what happens is people will come on like Monday nights. We do this uh, shadow integration where we and they'll come on before they go into the ceremony with mother. And that allows us to clear out any of the any of the stuff that we can get cleared out before you go in with because it's basically the same work. Right. And if I can get something cleared out for you here before you get to mother, mother can take you farther. And I, I call mother ayahuasca. I call her mother. Like I, I kind of that's that's what I call her. She answers to it. So <laughs> it is what it is. Right. And I don't even want to go into that. Right. So, so that, first off, there's that. And then the other thing is, is that um, there's there's a process that we go through as soon as you as soon as you make a commitment to do something like drinking this sacred medicine, as soon as you do that, you're in process. Your body is already adjusting. Your mind is already getting ready for whatever it's getting ready, whatever rock it thinks it's getting ready to run into kind of thing. Like it's all you're already in process many times. Like people come into these integration sessions on the front end and I can see it. Well, then you go into the ceremony and it's like trying to explain what the color seven smells like. Like I didn't come from the woo. I came from Tony Robbins where it was very Phil felt, you know, it's reported, gets measured, what gets measured, gets managed, what gets managed grows exponentially. Like that was beat into my head over thousands of hours by this guy on, you know, make sure that it can be tracked, measured and managed. And now I'm on the other end finding the same things that we looked at in here are the same. So it's like you, you want to prepare. So you go in and you, you have the experience and then now it's, now you're back in the material world. Now you're no longer in the woo. Well, how do I then take this experience that was like trying to explain what the color seven smells like and now convert it or integrate it into into the real world? Well, 
know, integration isn't a psychedelic term. It's a, it's a shadow term. It's taking the unconscious and making it conscious. So my um, second to last ceremony, I had this experience where I'm laying in the, um, I'm laying on the mat and, and my, my wife is, uh, my wife's laying there with me. And I've, I've, again, this was my 24th ceremony. So by now I've cultivated a relationship. I talk a lot with my clients about cultivation. It was cult- I cultivated a relationship with the medicine. I trusted it. I cultivated a relationship with the staff, with the volunteers. I cultivated a relationship with the church. I cultivated a relationship with my wife. And so I'm under the medicine. And I think what mother does is she comes online and she goes, okay, what do we have to work with today? And she looked around and she saw all this and said, here's what we're going to do. And my wife is a hospice nurse and she's not a hospice nurse. She's got her master's degree working on her PhD. Like she's the angel of death. She's the angel you hope shows up when you're dying. Right. And so now I'm on my deathbed in this vision with mother. Right. And I'm looking at, and I, and I see my wife and she's on the phone to the hospital. Okay. He's going, Nope, he's here. No, he's going again. He's here. And I'm watching her. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I trust this woman. If this woman says it's time to go, it's time to go. I trust this medicine. If it says it's time to go, it's time. Okay. I trust all these people. And I let go. And, and, and it took me all the way down my second ceremony. I remember mother saying, I, it was the first time I ever met mother. I popped up. It was daytime. And I, and I'm sitting in the, in, in the grove and I turned over and there's this lady, she's just standing there, sitting there, calm, looking straight ahead, doesn't care. Like she's not concerned whether I meet her. She's not concerned whether I see her. She's not, she's just, just looking ahead. And I turned to her and I go, so it's all story. It's all a lie. She's like, yep. All the way down to the gaze of God. And, and I didn't know what that meant until my 24th ceremony when I actually saw the gaze of God and God's God gazed at me kind of thing. There's this ex- profound, I can't explain it. It's more real than this is. And so now if I find myself in this situation where I'm uptight, I'm tense, I, I call them, uh, uh, there, there's expanding mindsets, emotions, and there's compressing. So I find myself angry, overwhelmed, stressed. All I have to do is go in and remember what it felt like to die. Remember what it felt like to let go. And what I'm doing is I'm overlapping two holograms, two experiences, one top of the other. And it'll just it'll allow me the ability, what mother teaches, is just let go. Right? And you can't get that. And, and, and so now I'm integrating that. That's integrating. Now when I'm in, in a conversation, I can take that vision and I can bring that into the now. And now what I'm learning to do is let go of situations that don't uh, – the, the Buddhists talk about too much clinging, too much, uh, too much uh, grasping, too much that's, – that's what I what, what I've, what I've found is we're addicted to our suffering. And when I can find a way to let go of that, I can move on to the next thing, the deeper layer of life. Here's a question. After all your experiences, your 25 experience in ayahuasca, it, it, of course, you're probably going to end up still doing more, correct? Yeah. I, I feel, again, like Tony, after you actually worked under Tony for 10 years, you know what I mean? Like I like literally I built his business mastery division. Like they, they, I still hold records of that company kind of thing. Like after you've been at that level, well, who's your next teacher? And interestingly enough, Gary, I'm working with the plant. Like that's my teacher. And so I, you know, it's been three years. Um, I can't, I, 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 it was every month. Now it's about every other month kind of thing. It was like five months. It's been, we're, we're, we're kind of really starting to stretch out. This is psychedelics are this thing where the, the more you do it, the less you need kind of thing. And so I'm getting to this point to where it's starting to stretch out and I'm starting to find, okay, mother's given me, but you know, I'll get these 
like the last time I, we did shadow ceremony, I like to go and sit with mother before we do ceremony. I want to be open so that I could be there for, and I'm in there with, and, and I got this dream that I need to go see mother. It's like, yep. Okay. That makes sense. So when I get the call, even though I don't want to do it, I mean, it's the most foul tasting thing, Gary. It, 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 oh, it's just terrible. It's like every time I drink it, I, I, the last time I went and sat in ceremony was in line to get my, my, um, my sacrament right before I grabbed it. I remembered what it tasted like. <laughs> like, Oh no, wait a minute. Wait, no, wait. And it, my wife, all she would have had to have done was just say, Hey, why don't we go out in the parking lot, eat mud? I'd be like, that's great. Let's do that. Like that's all like it was, it was because every time I do it, it's like, Oh, I don't want, it's so much work, but it always, ma, mother never, she, she, she just never disappoints. So, so I have read a lot of stuff. I've talked to, I've seen a lot of um, videos of people that it, they say they ended up going, they ended up purging. Do you, do you purge every time you go? So my, I'm wife like, does it. Throw, my wife, my wife, she's like this like amazing. Throwing up nonstop, ah, throwing up for the last man, three years. I'm telling you, my, <laughs> my, uh, what ceremony was that? My eighth ceremony, man, I was in the daytime ceremony and I had, and when you say purge, it's like, it's, it sounds like somebody is, 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 is drowning in reverse. It's, it's not, it does, when you hear it, it's like, that's not puke. Like that's, and when you see it, it's just, there's this black, this jet black substance that comes out. I don't know what it is. And I mean, pers- the first time I went, oh, I tell you, Gary, the first time I drank, I had, I didn't do the diet. They say to do the dieta. I, I had steak the night before. Oh, it was, because <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into. And I just jumped into it. And oh, I remember sitting on the toilet and I had the bucket and I was, I was felt so bad. Like, so, I'm so sorry, mother. I'm so, like, I was just like, I was, I was a mess right now. I, I'm a little bit better, right? A little bit, a little bit better. Right. But it, <laughs> yes, you put my wife on the other hand, she cries, she giggles, she shakes. So that's all purging. That's all purging. But she doesn't like me, not me. I had that, that eighth ceremony. I had kicked my bucket and I'd purged. Like it, it like change is messy. It is what it is. Like it, what it's doing, I think, and again, this is my hallucination. What's happening is, is the ayahuasca goes in and it releases, it softens your sphincter muscles. So all your muscles that are, that are, that are based around holding it in when you vomit, it loosens all that. I mean, like when you go in and you look at the pharmacology of it, it actually makes it easier for that to happen. And the reason why is because this is a physical manifest, I, again, my hallucination, it's a physical manifestation of the of the intolerance or the lie that I've swallowed. If I, the, 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 we hold on like that. And what's happening is it's like we pitching off our experience, our consciousness. It's like, you see those people that don't want to be angry. So they don't feel anything. They go completely numb. It's because they've got to squeeze everything off. And now, and what happens is when you release that, it's like all of a sudden you get this rush. It's releasing all those toxins that we've swallowed. And so this is allowing me, it's giving me a physical, a physical metaphor of release so that my spirit can release. It's, it, it's a decade's worth of therapy in hours. It's, 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 it's a decade's worth. It's a maturing that happens because I'm going through all this experience of letting go of all these lies of who I thought I was, who I thought I needed to be, how I thought I needed to show up, what, who you were, how you were trying to, you know, tr- what you were trying to do to me. Like I like to tell my clients and my, my students, I'm a recovering narcissist. Because for the longest time, I was tra- I was always trapped in the basement. I was always looking for how somebody was trying to trap me or I was going to be able to get out of the basement 
or somehow I was never going to make it out of the basement or I was going to end up back in the basement. And, and that and that everything is fractal, right? The way the algorithms work. Well, if it works out here, it's going to work. And, and a half truth is more dangerous than a full on life. It worked over here. It kept me safe here. Then I'm going to use it everywhere because it was that important. Right. And so like once we see that and we learn to let go, well, we need that physical. I, I think that purging, it gives me I was a purger. Actually, Gary, I purged the first time I ever did shadow work. They had me with a huh. bucket. Some people when I'm working with them and I do this on Zoom, they'll go, they'll be talking. They go, oh, no, it's right here. I can feel it right here. <clears throat> I'll go do that again. And the next thing you know, they get a bucket, get a bucket. And, and they're, and now they're purging. They're purging out whatever, cause they call them samskaras. The, the, the Hindus call them samskaras. We have a, we have a, we, something happens and our, we create an emotional, you know, the stories become the altars, A-L-T-A-R that alter A-L-T-E-R our reality. And we take that emotion and we swallow it down. And now it becomes a filter for the world that we look at. And when we get rid of that, well, that stuff has to come back up and out. And the only way out is through. <laughs> so I think that's what the purging is about. That's interesting. Cause I'll tell you one thing as, as a first, as a first responder, <laughs> that is the only thing I cannot deal with <laughs> is the sound of that. Yeah. So even if I just hurt somebody, even before I probably went in, I'd probably end up purging before I even started doing anything. <laughs> you, yeah, I gotta tell you, it's, it's again, it's, I hear you again. My wife is, but she doesn't like, and she's on the key. She does keto. And so I have a feeling, and again, don't quote me on this. Cause I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm just a dude who's bumped his head a couple times. Right. But I think that it has something with being in ketosis. Cause when I'm on, when I'm doing the ketones, I'm not purging at all. I, when I, when I, when I go, when I go and sit in ceremony. And so it's like, it's, 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 it's interesting to me how she, again, she doesn't purge it at all. Like at all. It's, it's almost like, she sometimes thinks there's something wrong with her because she's not purging. So it's not, it's not a specific requirement. No, it's a natural, it's a natural thing that happens either, either, or yes or no. When you do the ceremony, I go in and sit in every week. I go in and sit, um, I go in and, and run shadow, we call it shadow talk with people that are doing it for the past three years. Now I've been doing shadow talk, shadow work with these people under the medicine. And I'll go in and I'll sit with somebody and I'll go, and, 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 and no matter what comes up is exactly what comes up. In other words, what I mean by that right. is, you know, somebody like, oh, I don't, I haven't purged. And how does that make you feel? Well, it makes me feel like I'm doing something wrong. Huh. And is that how you feel in your life? Yeah, all the time. It's like, well, mother, because mother's going to take you right to whatever, whatever's going on. She's going to take you right to it. The problem is, is we've lost because we've been too, we've learned to tune things out. We've been, we've been programmed to not look. We've been programmed to move away from the pain that we don't even see what's right in front of us. And so she brings us, I was working with one guy. It's like, well, uh, I don't know that I'm going to, I go, I go, how many of you are going to drink tonight? And one guy was, didn't raise that. Like, why are you not, why did you decide not to drink? Some people it's, they shouldn't drink. Some people it's, they should. I want them to know what their answer is. Right. And he's like, well, because I drank last night, it didn't really do anything for me. Hmm. Yeah. And what did you think? Well, I just looked around and saw everybody else was getting it. It made me feel like shit. I said, well, is that how you felt? Yeah, that's exactly how I feel in my life. Like, you can't make this up. And then I'll talk to another guy who he's like, well, like, I don't know if I'm going to drink. And I'm like, well, okay, why are you considering not drinking? He's like, well, mother told me not to. Okay. And, and, and so then why are you drinking? <laughs> you know, why is it even like mother told you no? Yeah. Okay. Well then why are you drinking? He's like, well, I don't want to get 
get down the road and regret it. Like, well, do you do that a lot in your life? Oh, all the fucking time. Excuse my language, right? Like, well, that's right. You know, like, like, mother's taking you right to the. It, but we're we're so used to our to managing our suffering that we that we we have tough we have trouble seeing it. We have trouble understanding what it is that we're looking at because we've been, we've spent our lives thinking we're one thing when we're really so much more. Right. And then that, that's the biggest benefit of integration is bringing that out of the people and what goes on. And he, yeah, I was working with a guy, I was working with a, a guy who came out, came out, he said, mother showed him that, um, mother showed him that his, his marriage was going to end in divorce. And I said, well, what do you mean? Oh, she showed me, she showed me where, uh, me and my wife weren't getting along. I said, well, how are you guys, how are you guys doing now? Well, that's the whole reason I'm here. So you're telling me that mother showed you what was going to happen if you kept going down the road you were going. And, like, having somebody there to help you integrate the message that no, that's not stuck in the story that you're in. Because again, we are all in our hero's journey. Like story is the frame we're stuck in. For billions of years, we've been learning what a story is. We're stuck inside our hero's journey. You are. You are God having a Gary experience. I am God having a Steven experience. But I'm in my, nobody can separate me from my experience. But yeah, I am the axis of Mundi, the center of my universe. You are the center right. of your universe, right? Even with right. my kids, who I would die for, uh, the, the, that being willing to die for is coming through me, right? So I am the right. pivot point of me. So I, I, the right. only place that I can, if I'm stuck in the story, the only place I can make meaning is off of the story of, or if I'm not willing to let go of that meaning, then I'm likely to create another meaning that's just as insane as the meaning that got me to go to the medicine to begin with. So having somebody there to work on integration, it's like, well, wait a minute, take another look at it from this angle. Oh, oh, and it's always a, and you'll get to a point to where all of a sudden it just makes sense. Having an integration right. coach or a therapist or a shaman, whatever it is, right? Some, uh, uh, a psychonaut friend, somebody who's been down the road and they've integrated a lot of this stuff. That's vital, I think. That, that, that is a key point that I want to bring out. And that's one of the things that I've been investigating and doing a lot of research on is, and that's what it's missing in a lot of these new stuff that's coming out and the new stuff that like MDMA and the new psychedelics is that the people who are doing these integrations, even the physicians themselves, they haven't actually partaked in a journey. So it's extremely hard for them to understand, like you've done it 25 times. So if somebody's saying something, you kind of know what they're feeling and you can help them integrate it a right. lot better than somebody like, I just took a weekend certification you know what? Here, drink this, and I'm going to tell you exactly what's going on. Well, you have no clue what the guy's going through. So, how can you basically integrate it or actually help him understand that messenger path? Well, I, I don't want to say that that's not it's not possible because I don't think that that's I don't think that's true. I think that if you follow a system, but I think that to stay true to what I think the medicine takes us to, which is again, I am God having a Stephen experience. I need somebody that's that's kind of walked that subjective experience. You know, there, there, there's everybody has a different. I don't really care to be completely honest. I don't really care what gets you better as long as you're getting better. And, right. and so what I but what I found is the medical community. There's all these people I'm running to in the psychedelic world, because, again, I'm, I'm new to this three years into this. I'm working with people that have been doing psychedelics for 10, 20, 30 years. Like these guys have seen more stuff than I could ever imagine to see kind of thing. They've learned more about what's going on underneath the underneath the surface of the mind than I could, I could ever spend, you know, spend my lifetime studying, which is what I plan to do in one way, shape or form. And so, you know, what I see happening is the medical community, um, we run the risk of taking a broken system 
and then taking something that works and throwing it in a system that right now doesn't work and cre- and hopefully fixing the system. I don't know. I don't know that any of my work with medicine has taught me that. Like, I don't know if you can do that. I don't know if that's capable. We have to fix the system first. And so these people that have been spending like shamans, hundreds of thousands of years, they've been working with this medicine. They know things that we, you know, you can't do it on Tuesdays because if you do it on Tuesdays and this butterfly flaps its wings over here, like they've seen things that we couldn't, like we would never fathom. So it's really, it's what I think it really needs to be, Gary, is a balance between, because the Western mind also needs that. We, SoulQuest, we have a medic on staff. Like we've got people here, like, like, so you can let down, you can, you know, most of us have trust issues, right? So it, you right. can trust a little more, you can trust the medicine a little more. And so we need that, we need that Western support. We need that Western integration. But I also think we need to find a balance with the shaman, with the, with the old ways, with the, with our elders, with our, with our, with our, um, indigenous tribes because they've done the work necessary to see around the corners that we don't even know are coming. Right. Exactly. And one of the big, one of the big questions of what I'm trying to actually create is basically I want people to start understanding these type of compounds can actually really be used as a preventative medicine and not as a last resort medicine is where we're right now is where some places medical cannabis and some places, you know, psychedelics are giving it, okay, you're dying. So we're going to give you access to it or, you know, People like first responders, people like veterans, why wait till they have to look down a, bar- a bottle or look down a barrel of a gun to get rid of all these feelings when maybe, you know, you could do it on a, a yearly basis and not have it all build up? Well, I'm going to take it even farther. I'm going to take it. I've got clients that I'm working with that are companies, business owners that are that are business leaders bringing in their team. And we're working with psychedelics to to innovate their industry in ways that you would have never like the stuff that's going to pull out of. The, the, the psychedelic renaissance is going to blow our minds. If you look at the way time moves, like what we're going to be seeing over the next 10 to 20 years is going to our, – our kids' as kids are going to look like geniuses compared to us because we're, we're now entering this, this new thing that allows us to open up as opposed to everything now. It's all closed. We're entering this era now where our consciousness is open. We can take in new stuff. We don't necessarily have to be stuck in survival. Right now – you know, National Science Foundation suggests that 95% of our thoughts are repetitive. Like you're thinking, just go look at your, just run a Rolex of your week. You're thinking the same thoughts over and over and over. But they also suggest that 80% of the thoughts are typically negative. And the reason why for 3.5 million years, like we were, ooh, like you had a good day. You might get a couple extra berries to share with the family on a bad day. Game over. Thanks for playing. Right. And that was right on the edge like, like if you think the, the, the software version that is Gary, like your mind has it started way back there with some cave person who had a baby, who had a baby, who had a baby, who had a baby. And, and every time in the moment and the mind is constantly upgrading, 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 new baby, upgrading, upgrading, upgrading until it got to you. Right. And so most of your existence and the software that is you, most of the algorithms are survival based. What's going to happen? When we no longer navigate our reality based on whether or not we're going to die and we start to base our reality on what's possible, like we haven't even taken the test drive. We haven't even test driven what is being human. We're not even test driving this yet. Like we haven't even got the training wheels off yet. There's no way we could. You can just look at the way 
you look at our society, you look at our government, you look at the way that we treat ourselves and we treat the world. You, you can see that everything is based around survival and we're getting, we always stay just in front of it. Always stay. That's why it feels all the time. Like it's Armageddon because we're staying and notice that we're feeling, I'm feeling the same level of Armageddon today that I felt yesterday and the day before. Yes. It's all survival based. What happens when that's gone? And we start, instead of being tethered to what, where we were stuck, we start getting attracted to what's possible. Like we're talking all mind boggling what this is going to look like, you know, once we start to really crack this open. So yes, you can use it right now. They're using it for end of life. Matter of fact, my wife's a hospice nurse. We're going to start, we're starting an end of life hospice uh, psilocybin, it help people pass, find out that, oh, there's so much more going on. Yeah. You have no idea kind of thing. Right. And so breathe, everybody calm down. Like we're doing that. And at the same time, What's going to happen when we hit that hundredth monkey and, and, or we legalize psychedelics and I'm able to work even, I'm not, I, now I got to do it all undercover. What happens when it becomes, uh, uh, when it, when it enter, enters in back into our society at the level that actually, when you go in and look at it, it's built to, and the way the human condition is built to, what's going to happen when that happens? It's going to be, I'm excited. I'm excited because this is the first time that we've come to this point where it's like, okay, I see a way out. Like I see a way out of this and it's not, it's not any of the old ways. It's a conventional, it's, it's, it's an old, old way. It's an ancient way. And when you see that way, you go, oh, this is what's been missing. Right. I couldn't agree with you more. And that's why I'm excited about, you know, what we're doing out in Costa Rica and stuff. Yes. Steve, Steven, I appreciate you coming on the show. If they wanted to actually reach out to you and actually learn more about what you're doing, we'll learn more about if they can come and do an ayahuasca session, integration session, or even start learning a little bit about, the shadow stuff you do, where can they actually do that? Yeah, you can find me on my website, Mastering Change, M-A-S-T-E-R-I-N-G, Change. That's what we need to do. We need to be Mastering Change. So MasteringChange.com, you can find me there. You can email me at Stephen at MasteringChange.com. Um, you can download my app. If you download, it's the 30-Day Mental Cleanse app. That'll get you started. That's also a great integration tool. I've been using that for three years with people with ketamine, people with uh, 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 psilocybin, people, definitely people with ayahuasca. That's meant to help you with the integration, you know, because integration isn't the meetings that I run. Although we call them integration meetings, they aren't. That's not integration. Integration is when I'm standing and I'm driving in my car and the light changes, the light's red and the light changes green and the guy in front of me doesn't go. Like that's like when I'm able to sit there and I'm not going yelling at the windshield, that's integration. Now all of a sudden I went left when I could have went right. That's integration, Right. This app is actual true integration. It helps you make change in theater. So check me out on the website, download the app, reach out to me if you need more information. I'm going to put all those links into the show notes. Stephen, again, again, thank you very much for your time today. I hope you have an awesome weekend. Thank you, brother. It was great. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I'll have some links for you. So if you're interested in starting your podcast yourself, one of the best places to go is podcast powertrain right now they're doing an, an amazing offer for all their course material if you want to actually help get your uh, show ranked all you got to do is go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash powertrain and you'll get all the information there also if you're looking for a platform not sure which platform to use to record your show on riverside fm is the one we use you can also go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash Riverside. Check them out and you will not be disappointed. Again, thank you for all listening to the show and we will see you. Well, we'll see you, but. Good Dudes Grow 2.0. Thank you for tuning in. If you're still listening to this, that means you gained something out of this episode. 
So make sure you share it with a friend Leave a review and subscribe So you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow 2.0